Hello, I'm Scott Soshkin. I'm Evan Novi Williams. And I'm Michael Barr, and this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast, where we explore the big money issues in the world of sports. Today, we begin with a proposed arena to come to Long Island. So now, let's talk about this. What is this all about, Scott? Well, yeah, yeah, a little confusion here, because I thought we already had one proposed arena coming so to too. Long Island. That would be the New York Islanders in Elmont, New York. But apparently, the folks in Suffolk County feel left out here, and they want a billion-dollar arena by the Ronkonkoma train station out in Suffolk. And Ray Partozak, who is a part owner of the Yankees, who is in on trying to get a team in an arena in Seattle, is going to partly fund this thing, but privately financed in an attempt to lure a professional sports team to Suffolk County on Long Island. If you're not familiar with that, that's east of New York City. So I, I don't know <laughs> what I, team's available and and how many clubs would go out there. A billion-dollar arena just seems odd. I have so many questions. Let's not forget that Nassau Coliseum, the old home of the Islanders, just went through a $260 million renovation. It's owned by Michael Prokhorov. There is a lot of— Not far from the Nassau exactly. Suffolk border. Yeah, there, there are a lot of—going to be two essentially brand-new arenas out there, one of which used to have an NHL franchise. The other one is going to, the one in Elmont. Uh, what is what professional franchise is going to move out even further? We're talking, well, I don't know, 30 miles east of even Hempstead where the Islanders used to play. You're building an arena and you don't have a sports team at all to come to this arena? That happens all the time. Look at Kansas City right now. I mean, Kansas City has a beautiful arena that they built several years ago in an attempt to lure a team. Let's look at Louisville. You know, that was supposed to be for her, for, an, for the Yum Center. It was supposed to be for an NBA franchise. They wound up taking the University of Louisville, but that's not what it was built for. So well, th- I, this happens all I, the time. I, I, yes, I, it does happen all the time. But we're in Kansas City, yes, because you don't have all the four major food groups. Here in New York, not only do you have the four major food groups, you have double the helpings as it comes in with hockey teams. Good metaphor. And, see, so you're asking, what's the appetite That's for more? What I'm saying. <laughs> Thank you. I'll continue it's, to <laughs> and it, it's more than that, right? Don't, don't all these teams have territorial rights to, to New York? But you wonder how yeah, the Islanders must have territorial rights to Long Island at the very least, right? I Uh, I don't know. I can't imagine there's there's an NBA or NHL. But they're talking about a second team in Ontario, a second NHL team that always comes up, and surely the Maple Leafs have those have those rights. You just wonder what's the distance. There probably is a specific mile marker. But like on the Long Island Expressway or (laughs) Distress Way, one big lie is anyone who grew up there and had to drive that godforsaken place knows <laughs> worth mentioning i applaud them for doing this privately i, mean, I, I assume you yes. could not get this yes. publicly financed but in an era where you know the public consistently gets asked to put up heavy 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 amounts Evan, of money a billion dollar arena it's gonna be it's gonna be nice uh, you know, it, it would certainly <laughs> it's gonna be nice <laughs> but it's, there is it's near the train station so i mean you do have that component which is always essential but oof, I, I boy i don't know well, I like to see anybody in business do well. I just have my fingers crossed on this one. So let's see. The next story, Conor McGregor. And I don't know what to make of this. Uh, you you hit the jackpot when you had the flight, the fight with Floyd Mayweather. And then all of a sudden, this happens. And if anybody doesn't know, apparently Conor McGregor threw a dolly, if you want to call it that, at a bus with other fighters in it, 
and uh, the glass broke and it injured two fighters, and now he's in big trouble. He this could be the end of his career. Well, just the fact that he did it, I, I just in in a way, I thought, is this staged? Is was this part of the gig? Like he just ooh didn't really mean to hurt somebody, but he was supposed to be there and cause this ruckus to get people talking about the upcoming bout and talking about him again. So that's always odd when I really didn't know. But then you look past that and you figure now, right, Eben, that no, it wasn't staged and no, he should not have done this. He certainly didn't expect to be arrested. Like, you don't think he meant to do that. But reputational damage to Conor McGregor, I kind of think this this fits in with the reputation of, of what I would expect Conor McGregor to be. Yeah, if you followed his career, this is a step further than he's gone before, but this is no surprise. You know, this is a guy who a couple of years ago slapped a ringside official. He's thrown water bottles. He's used racial and ethnic slurs. He has consistently pushed the envelope, uh, and UFC has not fully punished him at all for a lot of these antics. This is seems like to me the natural progression the next step of him kind of pushing that envelope obviously he went too far uh this puts the ufc in a tough position he is the unquestioned only star right now within you i'll, I'll toss some names at you guys stop me when when, when i you name can stop an athlete. right now you can stop right now <laughs> demetrius johnson tj yeah. dillashaw max holloway stipe miocic tyrone woodley Khabib. Did he say Darko Milicic? <laughs> Khabib. I went to Detroit. I gave you Detroit. That was very good. I, I mean, have, it I was applaud. a terrible Detroit pick, but I, I gave you Detroit. Those are your top five UFC fighters. Yeah, it's no good. Without Conor McGregor. You, you can't build a huge national pay-per-view card really around any of those guys right now. You ever get the sense when, when a guy does something wrong? You know how in one of the, the big leagues he'll do something wrong? And then the team waits for the league to take action because they don't want to be the punishing force. You get the sense UFC can sit back here and see what the, the athletic, the, the legal system and what sort of the licensing federations do. They can say you can't fight in Vegas for X or you can't fight. Like, let Put the onus on them because as you said, UFC is in a tough spot here because this is their biggest star. Hmm. You don't want Connor being mad at Dana White and the other UFC bosses because you, you know you need the guy. Dana White went on TV a couple days ago and said, "In the history of UFC, uh, this is the worst thing that's ever happened." I'm not sure if I believe that. And if you were to tell me that in December, Conor McGregor would be headlining a UFC event against one of those guys right. I just mentioned, I would not be surprised in the least. Well, I have to ask, first of all, why was Conor McGregor's title stripped in the first place? Was that he just hadn't fought I don't know the while? details, but he hasn't defended it. Yeah, I mean, they have a certain time to defend the title. It's been a year, plus, year and a half plus since he's fought at all, period. Um, and this happens a lot in, in boxing as well, if you don't defend your title. Um, they'll they'll put it back up. And by the way, I should add, this was before this incident happened. His title was stripped. So, I, but I, I go back to it, and and I go back to what you were saying, Scott. At first, I thought, well, okay, this is staged. But then you injured two fighters, and they had to be taken off the card. Well, they over canceled the right. Three bouts were canceled because yeah. of this. I mean, that's not exactly what UFC wants. That some of their big events at a big New York City Barclays Center. Yeah. Mar marquee event doesn't take place that's that's not that's when you realize 
okay, this this was not what everybody intended. Again, I would imagine a lot of McGregor fans watched that and loved every minute of it. You know, that that is exactly the, the brash, no-holds-barred, will-do-anything that, well, fighter the that they appreciate. That's and, the and problem I have when do people get desensitized to the normal press conference fodder where they push and yell and the entourages get close and nothing bottles, happens. Yeah. Right. Do you get desensitized where that is no longer enough? Where the appetite of the consumer is like, oh, I don't need to see this again. It's boring. You know, we know what's going to happen. All of a sudden, something amped up happens and you pay attention again. So if that's the case, well, what's next after this? That That's the part that's that's troubling. We'll see. I mean, I, I am on record right now saying I believe he will fight again. I don't believe his oh, career no, is no, over. He's um, too much. But, but we'll see. Let's talk about Shohei Otani and the marketing for the Angels. Yes, he's the real deal, folks. Yes, yeah, spring training made you doubt whether, and this is a, I guess it's one of those cautionary tales where it's like, relax, people, pump the brakes. Remember when it when it wasn't great in spring training? It's, oh, this guy's a bust. He can't pitch. He can't hit. Can't anything. Or the flip side, Giancarlo Stanton. All of a yeah. sudden, you know, it, the Bronx is burning because he struck out a few <laughs> times in a couple of games. So clearly, though, what was the attendance here? 44,000, the most since 1998 to see a Los Angeles Angels game because this guy was on the mound. That's what we're talking about here. Now, let me add something in case you're not familiar with Shohei Atani. What makes him special is that not only is he on the mound, but he can hit and he can do it all. We well, haven't he, seen he this was in a long the, time. He was called the Babe Ruth of Japan. Right. And, for guys or, or gals who don't know Babe Ruth history, he was a pitcher before he was the home run king. He could, right. he could do both. And there was some doubt as to how effective this guy would be, but right now he looks he looks good in, in all parts of the game. Otani's last five games, he had a home run, next game home run, next game home run, next game he had to take off because he was pitching the next day, and when he pitched, he took a no-hitter into the sixth inning. Yeah. I mean, that, that's yeah, a hell, that's a hell that, of a week. <laughs> and let's, yeah. he's being paid $545,000 this year. I mean, they, they put up a $20 million posting fee to get him out. But he is, because he's so young, he is getting essentially the league minimum for someone his age. He is an incredible bargain. And when we talk about marketing him, uh, we saw his first, the, the first time he pitched, I believe, was in Oakland. Oakland sold Japanese ads day of. Behind home plate. Behind home plate. You get the sense everybody. There is going to be an yeah. option here. You talked about the attendance bump for for home games at Angel Stadium. Um, there's going to be attendance bump everywhere. You know, I, I think that he is going to draw both Japanese Americans and non-Japanese Americans almost everywhere he pitches because he is a sensation. We haven't seen anybody in baseball that is like this in a long time. By the way, I, I got to admit, I, I must admit. And, and Otani, in, in my fantasy baseball league, he was out there, and I was like, I don't know, I don't gamble on rookies, blah, 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 blah. One, that was a horrible mistake that I made. And two, which is what I'm about to rant about right now, if you play fantasy sports, I lost this week. You know why I lost this week? Because I didn't read the blasted rules of my league. And I put in too many well, you, pictures. You lost because you're a terrible GM. Yeah, well, what do you mean well, you didn't read the rules? Yeah. I, and I, there's words I, I can't even use right now. That you, you've got. You can say moron sports, on the air. Okay. Moron. <laughs> use them all. Use them all. <laughs> you've got to read the rules. Unlike, I, I've been doing this for almost 30 years. And I thought as like I went in all cocky like, oh, I know the rules. And I started too many pictures and took a zero 
All of my scoring went to you know what in a handbasket, and I got the zero. Your so, league has a maximum innings pitched. Rule. There's a maximum for the pitchers that you have in the league. I've never heard of and, that. And I misread the rules. I thought it was for transactions, not a cap on starting pitchers itself. Well, Even if, And I didn't pick up anybody. On the wow. plus side, we know how one Michael Barr drowns his sorrows in such cases. It's not the local tavern. Michael can go to Perkins. He can get himself a short <laughs> stack. Have, yes, we have a Perkins by Howard Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great Perkins. People at Perkins, I, I love you all. Wait, like, quick, quick Otani question for you fantasy-wise. Did your league break him up? Is he a, a pitcher and a hitter, or is he all rolled into one? Uh, he's all league? rolled into one. So wow, I wouldn't that makes him a very hitter, valuable though. person. Well, tough, though, because like you just said, he doesn't play the day before he pitches. Yeah, three so out of every five games, he's not batting. Than yeah. others, right. But this has a little bit of a Jeremy Lin feel to it during Linsanity when, and I was in the office of the CEO when the phone call came in, and Coca-Cola wanted to change the signs at Madison Square Garden into um, Chinese letter, into Mandarin, right. uh, Mandarin characters, because people around the world were watching. This isn't about the number of people who go to the stadium and watch. We've, we've said this a million times in our interviews with guests. You know, the, the number of seats versus or times the number of people and games, that's a finite number. What you're looking at here is global scale. How many people are going to see highlights and clips and pieces of this where his at bat is going to be beamed around the world and you see that right behind home plate. And I can't imagine what this is like in Japan right now. I mean, we, I've covered Yankee opening day when Tanaka's pitching and the, right. the, the Japanese media is everywhere. I love him so young. He's like Tanaka. In my mind, I'm thinking he's going to say Matsui. And then before that, I think he's going to say <laughs> Daisuke Matsuzaka. I'm not even sure he knows who Daisuke Matsuzaka is. I know who Daisuke Matsuzaka <laughs> okay. is. Well, you know. The point oh. is that there are NBA there are hey, baseball, there you know are baseball stars that have been a, of course, uh, well, been a huge says, deal course. in Japan. Uh, and and Otani has the potential, certainly, to be even bigger than almost anyone. Kayagawa? No, you know Kayagawa. Yes. All right, Ichiro, made a lot of I money also, to go to Scranton. Suzuki. Made a lot of money to go to Scranton back and forth. Medina's got it right. You are lying. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> this is the Bloomberg Business of Sports podcast. I'm Michael Barr. Thank you for letting me vent about my fantasy team, along with Scott Sosnick and Evan Novi Williams. We're here each and every Monday and Friday exploring the world of money and sports. Join us again at the end of the week when we speak with the biggest and brightest in sports business. You're listening to Bloomberg Business of Sports from Bloomberg Radio around the world and online as an Apple podcast on iTunes.